Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. There's a crafter who's sure all that glitters is gold, and he's buying a stairway to heaven. See, it's a crafter, and it's a he because it's Dalakos. Yes, and there is heaven in the flavor text. Just, we did it. Yeah, Three those connections, things. everyone makes yeah. those. Grease. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our, the best ones ever. It, yeah, three steps of separation. Is that not, pretty not good? Not zero to heaven, Grease. Okay. Grease, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, what's up, everybody? You are watching Slash, listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Today, we are doing a deck tech of a deck that I played on the most recent game nights, which may or may not be out at this point. We're not entirely sure, but it was for Theros Beyond Death. Yeah, you either played it or you will be playing it. Yes. Well, we definitely have played it because it was in the past, but you Um, haven't seen it yet. It depends on the audience's perspective versus our perspective. Yeah, and we actually, time is dilating right now. So it was, I crafted a Dalakos Crafter of Wonders deck. Uh, It's an an interesting card, a very fun commander to build around. But before we get into it, we got to give a big shout out to our sponsors. The first up, as always, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. It's Theros. It's a brand new set from a one of uh, my personal favorite blocks, and there's a ton of cards that are going to actually tie really well into this, including all of the old enchantments from the other sets, as well as cards with Constellation. So if you want to pick up any of those old cards or new ones, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. has everything you need, and they will ship it to you mad pronto, mad quick. Yeah, you can pre-order all that Thero stuff right now, or possibly order it. Again, we don't know when this, <laughs> when this episode's coming out. Or uh, when you watch it, right? They can watch this like a year from now. That's actually like... a good point. You'll probably still be able to get Theros Beyond Death cards. Uh, <laughs> and you can also support our content by supporting our other sponsor, which is Ultra Pro. They make all the sleeves, the deck boxes, the play mats, everything that goes along with the rest of the Magic Cardboard to keep it safe, keep it pristine condition, make your battlefield look really cool. We've got in front of us here, I've got the Elspeth playmat. Perfect. For us. And they do they did the cool constellation art because there are the constellation yeah. sort of uh, full art versions of the cards. So cool. Ultra Pro makes the awesomest stuff for your decks and all your uh, all your accoutrement that you need. Um, and the final way to support all of our content content is directly. Boy, I'm a little tongue tied today. It's that song. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> let me just gather <laughs> myself here. <laughs> 
and you can join <laughs> our Patreon. Okay, uh, patreon.com slash command zone. Oh. Yep. <laughs> if you use that affiliate link, oh, uh, God. <laughs> if you use that link, it's not an affiliate link, patreon.com slash command zone, you can support all of our content directly. You can see game nights before anyone else, which means if... It happens that this episode comes out before <laughs> game nights. You can watch it, or maybe you already did if this episode comes out after game nights. Nice. Yeah, because we're just really good at scheduling here at the Command Zone. We don't know exactly when this is going to fall. Uh, but yeah. we also do call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to... Loris Jade Jamok. J-O-M-O-K. I'm not sure. Jamok? Could go either way, but Loris Jade, you rock. You rock. Thank you so you much. Jamok. You Jamok. <laughs> And they're like it's Jarok. It's the ja- <laughs> like it's actually Jamok. It's my great grandfather's name. It could be Jamok too. I'm was, sorry. <laughs> when we moved to the United States, look. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Dalicos. Let's time. just pause here okay. because the first like three minutes of this podcast have just gone swimmingly so far. Swimmingly. Yes. Yeah, yes no mistakes at all. We're just on point. In the we're in the stars. We shot for the stars in the constellations. There you and go. If you do. Wait, was it no shoot for the moon? Dang it! Oh, shot for the stairway to heaven. There we go. Yeah, the metaphor's in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah, we're floating. We can make. We can do this. We can pull together. All right. Okay. Dalico's Crafter of Wonders is a brand new commander that was unleashed into the world from Theros Beyond Death. Uh, it's a really interesting card. It's a blue-red artifacts matter commander. So let's just go ahead and read it. Dalicos is one blue and a red for a two-four. It's a legendary creature, Merfolk Artificer. And you can tap it to add colorless, colorless. And you can spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. And, second line of text, equip creatures you control have flying and haste. So, obviously, equipped equipment has activated abilities on an artifact. So Dalakos is a card that gives you two mana. You can only cast, uh, use it to cast artifact spells or to do things like equip with uh, your equipment. Yeah, equip... The equip cost is an activated ability on an artifact, but you could also just pay activated abilities on artifacts like Staff of Domination. So mm-hmm. pay two mana, tap it, and do something. You could pay that with the Dalakos mana, or you can just cast artifacts. Obviously, there's going to be a deck with a ton of artifacts in it. Um, I think it can go a lot of ways. I, I kind of like this because it doesn't say you have to play only equipment-based stuff, but you kind of at least want a few probably. What was the way that when you saw this card, you decided to take the deck? Well, I can't just ignore half the text on a card. Um, obviously, equipment giving creatures flying and haste is actually pretty sweet, all things considered. So the direction that I went was a little different. Uh, instead of just going straight artifacts plus creatures to equip them onto, I went more for an in tokens slash artifact matters, kind of like a good stuff equipment deck. So it wasn't super heavily reliant on the equipment, but rather on the idea that you're going to get a lot of value out of just being in blue-red and Artifacts Matters themes. And also, you're going to always have targets to re-equip to because you're actually putting the things on tokens as opposed to like single giant creatures that your opponents are going to v- be very apt to remove. Interesting. So the tokens just kind of... Uh, guarantee that you're always going to have a target to put the equipments on. Yeah, I think equipment-based decks in general are not great in Commander just because, like we always bag on Voltron, it's very easy to do a single board wipe or do one thing and then boom, all of their hard work is gone. I think if you can spread your threats out more evasively, uh, and in a lot of cases, equipment uh, are going on to little 1-1 flyers and thopters in this deck. So it's better to have many things in case one gets dead. You're still swinging for damage. Let's say you're swinging with five tokens in the air. Maybe you lose the one with the equipment but not the end of the world you still have other creatures swinging and you're still doing damage and the token generators make sure that you can survive through things like board wipes and sometimes they're on things like planeswalkers or enchantments that actually dodge most traditional board wipes i do like 
the fact that Dalakos makes all the equipment give haste and flying like specifically, yeah. it helps a lot of the problems with Voltron, which is like you spend all this mana, you put it onto one creature, they kill that creature, and now you got to play it again, suit it up, and maybe sit there and wait till you can attack again. At least this is like <laughs> suited up. And because of flying and haste, like you're going to be doing that damage right away. So having played against this deck, it is very scary because no matter what position you're in, this deck might be able to throw a really big punch out of nowhere. Yeah, and if it if it throws one big punch, it can also throw a punch a bunch of different ways. It's yeah. got equipment that doesn't need to say this creature has flying, too. Like, it, that, it's actually interesting. You, you can kind of get rid of some of the equipment that may give something like haste. Because, um, it's, yeah, Dalakos already does it. He is going to do it for you, yeah. Uh, but it is a little tough to be in blue and red, I think, for a deck like this, because white has some of the best equipment matters cards in the game. Yeah. So, Pierce Steel Paladin, Sigarda's Aid, Leon and Shikari are all about, like, helping you equip cards, especially, like, playing a card and, and boom, and automatically equip onto it you miss that stuff a little bit but in, it is also kind of cool to make you know that strategy try and make it work and blue gives you some of the things that white doesn't like card draw yeah so you maybe can recover or counter you have a counter spell in hand to protect things that kind of stuff yeah you do miss out on cards like sram which like gives just gives you insane value, value all around but blue is just much better at drawing cards uh but the other really big thing is that white can tutor for equipment it has uh, a literal steel well, shaper's gift open the armory which are meant to find equipment, equipment. specifically yeah. but at least blue can find artifacts yes so it can sort of do it yeah you're also missing of course stoneforge mystic stone hero giant so that's why i wanted to go less of the like use cards to cheat out really big equipment and more on the just sort of like go big go wide equipment matters plan um, but this deck isn't actually 100% equipment matters. I think there's a lot of different directions that you can take this deck if you want. For one, it is a merfolk. So shout out to Prof. If you wanted to do a weird merfolk artifact strategy, this is a commander that has it. Um, and also, because it's a artifact matters deck, a three-mana commander, you play it on turn three at the latest. On turn four, if you play another land, you'll have access to six mana. And that's which, guaranteed every game, basically. Yeah, as long as you're drawing three land, four lands, or having four lands by turn four, which is you, you should. Don't and, yeah, and, and that's also like, you could also draw some of your other ramp and have more available to you, so yeah. that's pretty good. Um, one last thing that I actually was thinking about this morning, uh, a shower thought, <laughs> is that I think equipment-based decks are actually really fun to build because they're really easy to upgrade. Um, it's like you're going to have at least one or two equipment in every set. Sometimes you'll have like the Sword of Sinew and Steel and new right. swords that come in Modern Horizons. And it's really fun to just be like, you know what, I want to try this equipment out over this one. Um, also, like big artifact creatures are just sort of things that get released all the time. Um, and so it's really fun to just have cards that you know it's not really hard to like think like, all right, what do I really need to tune this deck up from this set? You can just kind of look at one or two cards that are maybes, and if you want to slot them in, go for it. Um, so that to me, I think this deck actually has potential over the long run to be easily upgradable. Yeah, and when you do that, you don't have to like mess with your mana base or anything, mm -hmm. right? Like it just costs the same. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and if you wanted to shift more into equipment and less into tokens, you know, take some of the token generators out, put some bigger stuff in. It's it's I feel like it's pretty adaptable because blue red blue just really gives you a lot of ways to shape it. Gotcha. All right. Let's talk about equipment. Obviously, it's the probably the most important part of the deck for the commander uh, and sort of for what you want to do. Um, equipment that has equip cost of zero is actually really, really good. So Shuko is a one-drop artifact equipment. It just gives a creature plus one, plus zero, but it costs zero to equip. 
So, so it gives flying haste and plus one plus zero. Yeah, and it also lets Dalakos tap for the turn he comes in. So if you uh, play this on turn one or two, uh, if you're ramping on two, play this on one, play Dalakos, boom, you can equip him, and all of a sudden you have access to another three mana, another four mana maybe, and you can do something with that. So being able to just like always make sure that Dalakos can be used really immediately is also pretty handy, especially if you have a lot of signets and stuff, which this deck does. Yeah, that's true. You don't think about the fact that equipment on Dalakos giving him haste means yeah, tap him the turn you play him turn three. That's great. Yeah, Dalakos wants to get tapped. Um, this kind of gets around the uh, not having white problem. So it's Hammer of Nizan, four mana for an equipment. Equip cost is four, but it says whenever Hammer of Nizan or another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach that equipment to target creature you control. And then equipped creature gets plus two plus oh and has indestructible. So Just for the hammer. Yeah, just for the hammer. So hammer gives plus two plus oh indestructible haste and flying. But most importantly, it means whenever you play equipment now, you can forego the equip cost, at least on that first equip, and just slide it onto one of your creatures. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Cigar that's, che- that's cheating of mana, right? Yeah, and, and Cigar's Aid says the same thing, but it Hammer of Nazan almost acts as an enchantment by itself because it is you're not really going to spend four mana to equip it unless you really need to give a creature indestructible or whatever but it equips for free that first time yeah exactly yeah which is actually really i mean i do like this a lot it's tied to a green white creature from the same commander set that searches it up specifically you're never going to do that in this deck but the hammer by itself is in effect still very powerful mm-hmm. um and equipment we always talk about on the show you're probably bored of hearing us talk about it is skull clamp because you're making a lot of 1-1s, which we'll talk about later, and Skull Clamp is just one of those great cards that equips for one, also very important in a deck like this to have low equip costs, and gives a creature plus one, minus one. Old story from Magic History. They thought this would make the card worse. And it says, whenever equipped creature dies, draw two cards. Turns out it made the card insane, because it can kill one toughness creatures. So it says, pay one, draw two cards. Yeah, generally, you... Pay one second creature have to get rid of this card if it hits the table it'll often result in insurmountable advantage for the opponent that has it yeah just so much card advantage if you have it keep it alive (laughs) uh another cool equipment is the neurox stealth suit it's two mana for an equipment equipped creature can't be the target of spells or abilities so it gets shroud Mm -hmm. and then you can pay blue blue and attach the neurox steel stealth suit to target creature you can control blue blue at instant speed so yes. you can slide it around to give something uh, protection from remo- removal, basically. And it also has an equip cost of one, so you don't have to pay blue-blue if you're just sliding it over at sorcery speed. But it is, when someone has this on the battlefield, it's hard to like go to swords to plowshares or mm-hmm. path one of their creatures because they can just slide this over and protect it. And so you end up, as a result, just not getting targeted as long as you hold up the two mana. Yeah, and whenever an equipment gives another creature shroud, it's actually kind of annoying because it means that you can't equip stuff onto it unless you equip the shroud equipment on something else. Yeah, you have to. It's the <laughs> Lightning Greaves does this where it gives shroud, and so if you have Lightning Greaves on something and you want to put another equipment on that thing, you can't because you can't target it. So you have to move the Lightning Greaves to a, a second creature then move the equipment on and then move the lightning greaves back yeah um, which is great because lightning greaves has a really low equip cost of zero new york fell suit is one mana so yeah it's actually pretty good yeah uh, a big thing that when i was looking at equipment for this deck is making sure that the equip cost or the equipment itself wasn't 
didn't cost a ton. Could be super easy to build this in a way that you've got a bunch of cool equipment, but all the equipment costs is so much that you just don't have mana to make it all work. Yeah, and you like it's like fun. Maybe you hit a couple people twice, and then very yeah. quickly everyone learns to never. They're let like that kill happen. that, kill that, and you're like shoot, oh, it's shoot. nine mana before I can do anything. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last equipment, and I didn't actually, I haven't actually gotten to play with this much, but I know it's, I just know it's going to be good. It's Bloodforged Battle Axe. It's a one mana equipment that gives an equipped creature plus two plus zero, oh, and whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a token that's a copy of Bloodforged Battle Axe. It's got an equip cost of two, but if you have a lot of flyers, they all have haste, and they're going to be small token one ones. Wouldn't it be great if they all had Bloodforged Battle, battle Axes? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've never played it. Have you played against it at all? Yes, I have played against it. What's the most Bloodforged Battle Axes you've ever seen on, on a battlefield? I think it was only like three before someone pulled the trigger and, and did a sort of Bane of Progress type effect. Yeah, I've seen five was the most <laughs> I ever saw. But the problem is at that point, like three of them weren't getting used. Uh because you, you just don't want to pay the equip cost. Yeah. However, there are other ways to just use artifacts on the battlefield, and I believe this person was doing that too, and I see here that you're going to be doing some of that too. So yeah, uh, just it's having artifacts red. on the battlefield will help you. So even if you're not going to equip them, they're useful. Yep. Okay, uh, big shout out as well, if you are building this deck or deciding to, Living Weapon is a old ability that is actually very, very relevant to... Dalcos because what it does is that when the equipment enters the battlefield, you actually create a zero zero black germ creature token, and then the equipment gets attached to it. So usually living, I mean always, sorry, living weapon equipment gives it plus X plus X, and the toughness has to be more than zero, otherwise it just dies immediately. But it means it's instantly equipped, so it has the ability of haste and flying thanks to Dalcos. So we'll the talk most about later famous on. of these is Batter Skull. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll mention this later on when we talk about sort of the big winners of the deck, but just keep that in mind. Living Weapon, even like Flare Husk is something that you could probably play in this deck and be happy about. I mean, a lot of decks play Flare Husk. It's a classic combo piece for a lot of stuff, too. It's just yes. it's just plays better than it reads in a lot of cases. Okay, let's talk about Token Generation. Uh, so... Was that like stats? Stats, yeah, but making tokens. Generators. I didn't want to make this artifact. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was the generation. You hear like the lightning crackle. See, this is what happens when you just don't stop us from talking. We just sit here and be like, yeah, yeah, and I can see like the little things coming around. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe like one of the little motors can burst and it goes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like so volatile that the rest of it is okay. We just came up with a whole generator in our mind that really has nothing to do with anything we're talking. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, you know, someone made the awesome stats graphic for us. Maybe, maybe though, some <laughs> enterprising fan out there will do the gener the token the token the, generator, or just generator for anything value generator. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't even know how generators you are loud though. It would be back here going. <laughs> it's like our server in the other yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> okay token generation uh these are the creatures that are going to get the equipment uh the first up is a card i really really enjoy um one that might even think about building a regular commander deck around someday it's psi master thopterist two in the blue for a one four human artificer whenever you cast an artifact spell create a one one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying and you can also pay one in the blue and sacrifice two artifacts to draw a card so this is kind of like brea in a lot of ways but in a single color um, and it has two very relevant abilities. One is a static ability. Anytime you cast an artifact, you're going to make a colorless Thopter artifact creature with flying. So it's already evasive. And it's also a great thing to equip stuff onto to get skull clamped. Whatever you want. Bloodforged, battle axed. 
And then if you want, you can also tap it to sacrifice artifacts, including your extra Blood Forge Battle. You don't even have to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Just one in a blue, sack two artifacts, draw a card. Yeah, this is, you know, you bemoan the fact that you don't have white, but this is what blue brings to the table, which is in a lot of ways better, right? It's value. It's a way to get sort of extra stuff. Thank goodness. Um, There's another way to get extra stuff is the next card, Sahili Sublime Artificer. This is the uncommon from War of the Spark. One and then two hybrid is it, so... One blue, blue, one, one, red, 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 or one blue, red. Three mana total for a five loyalty planeswalker, Sahili. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. So there you go. Bingo. And then her negative two is target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact creature you control until end of turn. Or sorry, artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. So... Sahili can do some tricky stuff. If you have an extra Blood Force Battle Axe lying around, she can turn that into, I don't know, a better... A batter skull. A batter skull. Or there's going to be other artifacts, obviously, you know, that aren't equipment. Yeah. Or that are. Because um, if you want two batter skulls, obviously. Yeah. Uh, lying yeah. around that Sahili can just be like, oh, eh, I got a servo here. I don't really want to swing for one. Let's turn that into something bigger and scarier just for this turn and then use it. Yeah, you can also make it a copy of other things to get into the battlefield effects. It, it's actually really, really tricky. There's well, won't, a lot you won't get stuff. ETBs because... It's right, right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You can, but you can get the... It's like the static value off right. them. And there's a lot of different stuff that Sahili can target in this deck. She also has some lands that we were just going to talk about later that can also be targets for her to do this. All right, next up is Mirrodin Besieged. Um, if you've noticed, by the way, these last two cards have a like they can do like four things. If yeah. It's like, yeah. Both it's like, oh, I make tokens. Oh, I draw cards. Oh, I do tricky stuff with copying things. Like first little cards are so good because it's doing one thing you like, but sometimes it'll do these other things that you also you know wouldn't mind having. Yeah, like drawing cards. Yeah. Uh, Mirrodin Besieged is an enchantment that's two in the blue, a Modern Horizons card. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, you can choose Mirin or Phyrexian. We know which one Craig's going to choose. <laughs> Mirren says, whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. So similar to Psy, but they do not fly. And if you choose Phyrexian, it says, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then, if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. That's not going to happen ever. Just straight up ever. I mean, maybe if somebody milled you or something weird happened, eh, you might... You'd like, have to get a lot in there. But the nice thing is that you do have Psy, which can let you sacrifice things. In general, I think you're going to go for the first option on this. But yeah. let's say you're falling behind. You need some more card looks. So Mirrored and Besiege is going to give you that option again to do both, which is pretty freaking great. So we've got... Those are three token generators. And now we Generation. have our fourth one. Thopter Spy Network, two blue blue for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control an artifact, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. So that artifact you control could also be a Thopter from last turn. So mm-hmm. you make another one. Uh, and it says, whenever one or more artifact creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. Ugh. So this is great because Dalakos obviously can give flying and haste to stuff. You're going to be able to connect if you want to because there's always going to be a player that just doesn't have... Uh, a flyer usually yeah um yeah so this is pretty great because it's card draw and it's making you it's kind of like bitter blossom plus some card draw yeah and these thopters are things you can put the equipment onto which is why we're making uh tokens to begin with so just yeah. having something that like hey they board wipe but then the next turn it makes a token for you put the equipment on it and boom you can swing in yeah. draw a card and you're sort of back in the races yeah uh, Thopter Engineer is the last one. One of my favorite. This was a common originally, right, in Kaladesh? This card goes in so many decks. It's so good. Yeah, two and a red for a Human Artificer 1-3. When Thopter Engineer enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. 
see the theme. And artifact creatures you control have haste. So this is just straight up a haste giver for essentially your entire deck that also creates a token that's an artifact for you when it enters the battlefield. Yeah, I think it's really easy to build decks and just assume your commander is always going to be out and mm-hmm. therefore, this card's going to do this because my commander's going to be out. And we just play games of magic, and we know that that's not how it works. People will kill your Dalekos. Pe- maybe not even on purpose. It, it, just, it just gets caught in a <laughs> two board wipes in a row, but now it's seven mana. Or people will steal the thing, and now you're like, crap, okay, I just don't have it. Who does that? And you just don't want to be in a situation where your deck just doesn't work. And so things like Thopter Engineer, which kind of, they do a good impression of what your commander's doing. Mm-hmm. They allow you to have chances, or to have a chance to win games, or at least your deck continue to function in you know spots where those bad things happen and the unforeseen happens, basically. A lot of time people ask us about like budget building and all that stuff. And Thopter Engineer is one of those cards that if you are looking to be more budget-minded, to always just be on the lookout for yeah. cards like this when they come out. They just have so much text on them for being being a common, you know, that it's almost insane to ignore because it's going to find a home somewhere in the deck and it's going to make a big difference. All right, a lot of tokens, so let's find some ways to abuse the tokens. This is like the number one way in red to do it. Yeah, it's Perforos, God of the Forge. Good job, Jimmy. OG Perforos. Yeah, the original. Not the new one. Yeah, although they look very similar if you look at the playmat I have in him. Right, this one's got more stars. He's closer to heaven. He built the stairway <laughs> he to heaven. The stairway. It's the God of the Forge. Of course he did it. Yes. We should have just done a Perforos deck tech. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, he, it's a 6-5 for 4 mana. It's indestructible. But if your devotion is uh, to red is less than 5, it's not a creature. Which is good. You don't want it to be a creature. No. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals 2 damage to each opponent. And again, this is interesting because very rarely does the second one come up to be super relevant. But I think it's actually it really relevant in this yep. deck. You can pay two in a red and creatures you control get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. So if you're making a little mini army in the air, again, we already said, if you have like three Bloodforged Battleaxes, a 3-1 flyer, three of them is so much more dangerous than just three regular 1-1s. One if you turn them all to plus one, plus zero, you're just going to get more damage in as well as the ATB triggers of them pinging your every opponent tip for two damage. I mean, that's a big thing. We just listed off a bunch of ways that when you're doing other stuff you're just making one ones yeah so perforos is just gonna do two damage to each opponent every time i mean anybody who's played commander for very long knows perforos is just a very 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 strong card yeah and it just ends up doing so much damage even if the built deck isn't entirely built around it here's a cool one i haven't seen very often um but i should have seen it more i think it's a very strong card but for whatever reason it hasn't like proliferated in the format that much yet it's too combat based i suppose maybe it's grenzo havoc razor it's red red for a 2-2 goblin rogue it's a legend but doesn't matter here whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player you choose one of the following either you goad target creature that player controls and goad means they have to attack next turn if able but they can't attack and they must attack someone other than you if able so unless you're in 1v1 they gotta attack somebody else uh, and then the second choice is exile the top card of that player's library that you dealt damage to. Until end of turn, you may cast that card and you may spend mana as though or ma- mana of any color to cast it. So stolen strategy for one player. But the thing about Grenzo is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it's per creature. Yeah, it's not like Thopter Spy Network yeah. when it says whenever one or, or more, more creatures, yeah. So if you swing in with like three Thopters, they have a little bit of equipment on it, you could exile the top two cards and be able to play that Mm -hmm. or you could goad all three of their creatures and goad is really interesting because it makes one of your opponents deal damage or maybe chump attack into one of your other opponents but also taps down their creatures so that they are then open for retaliation from the other players it's it's usually correct to do this 
to the player directly to your left, or sorry, sorry directly to your right, because right. they'll be tapped down for the sort longest. of the longest amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like for for goading people, it's really interesting because they they really have to do it. That's the whole point of it. I've seen people being like, shoot, I need to tap down my own creature with this tap ability. And so you're just actually actively using their resources to stop it from happening because some people go like, and the nice thing is it's almost a free attack for you. People do realize that you're the one doing it, but the person will be like, well, I have to attack. And the player is just going to go, I know, <laughs> I know. Goat is one of those abilities that wreaks havoc on a game in a really weird way, but it's hard to quantify. Yeah. It'd be interesting to try and try and look at exactly how goat affects games in the future. All right, the next two cards kind of go together. They're taking advantage of having a lot of uh, things on the battlefield, and it's Chief Engineer first off. One in the blue for a one-three Vidalcan Artificer, and it says artifact spells you have you cast have Convoke, which means that your creatures can help you cast those spells. Each creature you tap while casting an artifact spell pays for one or one mana of that creature's color. So, if you have six tokens on the battlefield, you can tap all of them for mana and add six. Uh, mana, for instance, to cast a Warm Coil Engine. It makes all your uh, creatures into mana dorks for artifacts, basically. Yep. And the next one is Inspiring Statuary, which is sort of on the other end of it. It's a three-mana artifact that says non-artifact spells you cast have Improvise. So this says that your artifacts can help cast those spells. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one. Now, if you have both these out, it's artifact spells and non-artifact spells. Yeah, Inspiring Statuary gets a little confusing, but you cast non-artifact spells, and now your artifacts become mana dorks for non-artifact spells. It's it's a little confusing, but what these both do is just give you a ton of man extra mana to cast things. Yep, and you have artifact creatures for the most part, so they're going to work or for, for both. both of them. And also Inspiring Statuary on itself does read tap this artifact to add a mana uh, for a non-artifact spell. Non spell. Yeah, yeah. because it, so it's like your regular three mana can add a rock, is, is a rock essentially. Yeah, Inspiring Statuary, any deck that has you know 20 or more artifacts, you probably want it in there. Yeah. It's kind of like Cryptolith right almost. Um, the next one is one of the most powerful commanders printed maybe ever, at least in the last year or so. It's Urza, Lord High Artificer. Of course, in this deck, it's in the 99. Two blue blue for a 1-4 legendary human artificer. When Urza enters the battlefield, you create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So it creates a token that could be very big depending on how many artifacts you have. It also says tap and untapped artifact you control add blue to your mana pool interesting thing about this is so similar to both chief engineer and mm -hmm. inspiring statuary makes your artifacts tap for mana <clears throat> colored mana too yeah for blue mana and also it's better than that because of the <laughs> way that it's worded you can actually tap a creature even if it has summoning sickness because it doesn't give the creature the ability to tap and add a blue right it's kind of like a downside you the cost of getting the blue is tapping an artifact you control. So that's pretty powerful. Then also Urza says, pay five, colon, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So makes mana, makes a token, and then it has a card advantage engine stapled to it. Just cause. Pretty crazy. I don't know why this card exists still, to it's be honest. Just too, like, as you read it, you just know there's one too many things it's They doing. could have stopped after the second thing. Yeah. Or, in like, fact, don't they, have the artifacts tap for mana, but then pay five. Or four in the blue. Yeah. You know, like, there's many different ways to not make this as insane as it is. But 
this card functions again in three different categories. It gives you card advantage, it gives you mana ramp, and as well, it also makes tokens for you to use in your deck. So like, and it powers up every other artifact in here. And I think you know it's in the ninety nine, and that makes it a lot less powerful. This is also not a stacks deck, so I think it's totally like a reasonable include in the deck as far as like it doesn't make this deck into a 9 out of 10 deck or anything yeah. it's just a good card in this deck it's going to be very strong Perforos is probably a stronger card in the deck so it's not I think every time you see Urza doesn't mean like oh gosh because yeah. you've heard so much about it that like oh this deck's a competitive EDH deck no this is just a good card in the 99 it's it not will broken. do a lot of work you'll see it's it great. go off and go like alright we probably need to deal with this yeah but it's not like totally broken or yeah. anything it's totally broken when it's in your command zone though alright we're going to talk about the rest of the deck especially how it kind of wins the game but first let's hear a quick message from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start but now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back and we're talking about Dalakos Crafter of Wonders and the deck that Jimmy built to be played on game nights or was already played on game nights. We're a little unsure when this episode's coming out. But either way, we are now moving on to what category are we on? We are on artifact finders. So obviously, if you have a lot of artifacts and important cards in your deck, you need ways to get them into your hand, into your graveyard to be recurrable. And there are two of them that are, uh, they're kind of like spiritual siblings now, actually. It's, they are very much uh, related. Yeah. It's the Goblin Welder and the Goblin Engineer. So I'll mention Goblin Welder first. This is the older of the two and much more powerful, arguably. It's a red man for a 1-1 Goblin Artificer. You can tap it to choose target artifact a player controls and a target artifact in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the battlefield. So this is great for you. Obviously, you can sack a token and bring back a crazy equipment that someone got rid of or a worm coil engine, what have you. But also sometimes you can just switch out someone's signet that got blown up for their best thing on the board then they have to say bye-bye to yeah your panharmonicon for your signet that got blown up earlier that's not a good trade for them like what <laughs> the fact that you can do this to other players is just like what were you guys doing with the templating back then why why is this another player please <laughs> uh goblin engineer is similar but not quite as good one in red for a one two goblin artificer when goblin engineer enters the battlefield you may search your library for an artifact card put it into your graveyard then shuffle your library so it doesn't tomb an artifact, so it's a it's a type of a tutor. Because you can pay a red, tap the Goblin Engineer, and sacrifice an artifact to return target artifact card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's interesting because Goblin Engineer can find any artifact and put it in your graveyard, but can only bring back three CMC or less. Yep. But still, it's a way to 
you're you're basically exchanging an artifact in play for one in the graveyard, right? Because you have to sack one. Yeah, the Goblin Engineer is a little different because the sacrificing of an artifact is part of the cost you have to pay. So you can actually get around that. You can't for a Goblin Welder. It says both the targets still need to be legal as the ability resolves. Goblin Engineer says no. Now they sort of templated it from yeah. modern times. This is you can kind of watch the balancing in action. It's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, they're like, wait, this is what Goblin Welder should have should been. have been. Yeah, yeah, something closer to this. And it's still really good though. You're entombing something. Yeah. In mono red decks you can do this is actually really interesting i think that's the closest i've been to interested in how they're giving red card advantage in more recent years but it's cool putting something in the graveyard does seem like something that i think red should be able to do well artifacts specifically they, artifacts since as well, they can yeah. get them back yeah uh and of course as you've seen a lot of the artifacts we've talked about already are three cmc and below so you're gonna be able to get a lot of stuff back with this all right a couple of other tutors this one is sort of the classic combo builder you will win off of this kind of card in the right situation it's tezzeret the seeker who is a planeswalker three blue blue for a four loyalty planeswalker Plus one, untap up to two target artifacts. So that's very good if you have a lot of ramp in here already. And you can also minus X to search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. He also has a realistic win condition tacked onto him, which is minus five. Artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power toughness five, five until end of turn. So it turns all of your one ones and your regular artifacts and your equipment to five fives. Pretty good. Yeah, it's actually pretty I've good. I've never really seen anybody do that because they're always too busy doing the tutor part. It yeah. tutors it onto the battlefield. Yeah, that's crazy. So you can pay five mana and get a four mana artifact on the battlefield. Onto the battlefield. So you only pay yeah. one extra in that case. Also, it untaps things like your mana rocks and things like that. So it definitely... Tezzer is just one of the best cards in an artifact deck. Always. Uh, again, I think in this case, not broken, broken, but no. just very strong. Yep. Um, all right. So the next sort of artifact tutor i guess it's yeah, an you know yeah this is gonna work good with both the goblin engineer and welder too it's emery lurker of the lock two in a blue for a one two merfolk wizard from eldraine this spell costs one less to cast for each artifact you control so it could just cost blue often mm -hmm. does almost always will in this deck yeah when emery enters the battlefield you put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard so it mills you which is good because her ability is tap her choose target artifact card in your graveyard and you may cast that card this turn so if you've gotten goblin engineered something in there someone's blown up something because they inevitably will this is a way to get stuff back or recur stuff that you're using in some other way worm coil engines are great we can't mention that card because you probably got your two tokens off of it mm -hmm. and then now bring it back and maybe keep doing that with Emery just is a lot of value. And when your graveyard's big enough, that's why I call it like could be semi-tutoring. When the bigger your graveyard gets, the more cards she has access to, the better she becomes. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet card. Good job. Yeah, it is a really sweet card. It obviously has turned into a very competitive deck as well. Yeah, Kyle uh, Hill built a emery deck that's like borderline cedh and we can, should, we can should, kill you on like turn four every time we see a new set we should just name we should new category for set reviews which is this is the kyle hill this is the around. Kyle hill card of this set. <laughs> it's clearly the kyle hill <laughs> i don't know if there was a legendary from theros that fits it no there's I definitely some cards in the in the 99 in the 99 yeah. that are yeah that are filled with combo potential yeah but uh, i'm not sure there was a breakout <laughs> urza level emery level like cedh commander which we're glad for yeah we said on the... But the Kyle's probably sad. Yeah. <laughs> he's just waiting. He's yeah, biding he's his time. He's not sad. Yeah, he's just like, yes, what's next then? <laughs> if, this, if this goes down, then must go up at some point. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up is a, another big win condition card. Uh, spoiler alert, if you have seen the episode, this does get played. Uh, spoiler, non-spoiler alert, we won't tell you what happens when it does get played. <laughs> it's Sahili's Directive. X, red, red, red for a sorcery. 
So it's a big spell already. It has improvised. So each artifact you tap after you've done activating mana abilities pays for one mana of this. Reveal the top X cards of your library. You may put any number of artifact cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Then put all cards revealed this way that weren't put into your battlefield into your graveyard. So already good. We have cards that care about artifacts in the graveyard. Um, or not artifacts. Or in case it, for instance, doesn't is the X is too small and the artifact doesn't right, get right, thrown right. away. Uh, but this is just one of those things where you could tap out a lot of tokens and go through 5 to 15 cards and find some juicy stuff. I don't think it's hard to do it for X equals 10 because of the improvise. Yeah. That's so the if big you have, like, reason why this card two is two Thopters, great. three equipment, and Dalakos out, you're already at like 15, right? Yeah, it's true. Each of those Thopters do tap for one of this spell. So it's pretty cool i guess dalakos can't tap four mana for that sorry right um, but anyway it's pretty easy to do and if you reveal the top like 11 12 13 cards of your library i mean there's a lot of artifacts in the deck if you get four or five you could be paying 11 mana to get 20 mana worth of stuff yeah even if you get three i think is an acceptable number for a card like this and plus yeah it's like you this card drew those cards too puts them onto the battlefield so it's yeah super powerful just a, a cut blowout type of play too because of the way dalakos works with haste and stuff yeah and the nice thing is too it's like you get to use creatures that count as mana instead and that yeah. just really accelerates you much much faster um blue red not known for like massive ramp uh obviously you have to use artifacts to ramp and in this case improvise helps you get around it in a different way all right the next category you have labeled as big winners big winners so yeah this is kind of how you win the game it's the <laughs> you you have to obviously throw things at your opponents to do so and the one that we keep talking about is worm coil engine this card is just always good six mana for a six six artifact creature it's a worm it has death touch and lifelink and when it dies you put a three three you put you get a three three worm with death touch and a three three worm with lifelink so it splits because it's a six six it's an engine yeah and it goes oh now there's two of me one of them has the lifelink and one of them has the death touch brother the thing about this is the ability to recur it with things like Emery and the Goblin Goblins, Welder and yeah. Engin- oh, an Engineer can't do it. Goblin Welder and the ability to keep the tokens around. Something like Sahili can turn a Thopter into this, and if you could then kill it, you get the tokens. Yeah. Uh, plus, Lifelink, really good when you're suiting things up with equipment. Way to get your life total really high really fast. Um, this is just a powerhouse card in any deck that cares about artifacts or any deck that has worm coil is going to be able to abuse it. Yeah. Oh, you better. Yeah. And the lifelink, of course, actually always ends up being relevant. If you're the person constantly swinging in, people are also going to be hitting you back. Yep. Uh, another big creature. And again, this is the kind of card that Dalakos is able to play alongside worm coil engine the turn after you play him is steel Hellkite. It's a six mana artifact creature dragon. It's a five, five with flying. You can pay two to give it plus one plus zero until end of turn. But more importantly, you can pay X and it says destroy each non on-land permanent with converted mana cost X whose controller was dealt combat damage by Steel Hellkite this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. So if you're against a token deck and you hit them with a Steel Hellkite, you get to pay zero mana and all their tokens get wiped. You can pay three mana and typically kill two, three things on their board. So If you can ever pay like six mana, you just, you knock them out of the game basically. Yeah, you get to just basically look at like the stuff that really affects you the most and choose the CMC it is and just be like, that's, I don't want it. And so Boom, gone. when when Steel Hellkite comes down and you have something like a Shuko on the battlefield and you're able to just hit someone out of nowhere and pay zero and get rid of their tokens, their treasure tokens, whatever it is, it's it's devastating. People see this card in recoil and fear. Sometimes. Well, it's so great in this deck because Dalakos can give it haste. So even later in the game, right. 
you could play it, suit it up, swing in, activate, and you can you can swing a game from like you were way behind to you know even or even you're ahead by just one swing of a steel hellkite out of nowhere. Yeah, it does have that ability to do yeah. so. Uh, the next one is a card we talked about earlier. It's Batter Skull, five mana for an artifact equipment. It has living weapons, so when this equipment enters the battlefield, you create a zero zero germ creature token and uh, uh, then attach the Batter Skull to it. So the equipped creature from Batter Skull gets plus four, plus four, and Vigilance and Lifelink. So the, it'll basically it comes into play as a four four with Vigilance and Lifelink. Yep. And then it has an equip cost of five. So at any time, you can attach it to a creature to give plus four, four plus four. Vigilance and lifelink. Yep. Usually you wait till the germ dies and then do that, but you could do it earlier. Um, well, and it'll have haste and flying. So it's a 4 4 vigilance, lifelink, haste, flyer with Dalakos out. Yeah, not to mention you can pay three to return the Batter Skull to its owner's hand. So it actually pseudo protects itself as well. And that's an activated ability that Dalakos can pay for. Also, if you ever run out of creatures. So one of the problems with artifact or sorry, equipment decks right. is like having a bunch of equipment, but nothing to put it on. Won't be a problem a lot for this deck because of the token creators, but it can happen. And Batter Skull allows you to bounce it to your hand, replay it, and that gives you at least a creature on the board. Yeah, you can attach your other stuff too, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, Mirror Battlesphere. This one's also an insane creature. It's seven mana for an artifact creature. It's a four seven. When it enters the battlefield, you create four one one colorless mirror artifact creature tokens. It's doing what we want. And whenever it attacks, you can tap X untap mirror control. If you do, mirror battlesphere gets plus X plus O until end of turn, and it deals X damage to the player or planeswalker it's attacking. So it's just going to sit there and womp in for a ton of damage. Not to mention it cares about mirrors, so your mirrored and besieged is going to be happy about that. I don't know how many times, too, like, the fact that the mirror's tapping is, like, non-combat damage yeah, has mattered. It just sits there and, like, the, the like powers up its Death Star cannon and goes, bzzat. And, like, who cares about your low 1-1s one if they can't swing and then kill anything? This is a 4-7 in the air that's going to do, like, maybe 10 to 15 damage, depending on the equipment that are on it and how many mirrors you have on the battlefield. Yeah, it's just a classic finisher type in an artifact deck. Uh, another card in the win the game category is Seize the Day, three in a red for a sorcery. Untap target creature. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. Also, it has flashback for two and a red. So if you have seven mana, you're going to get three combat steps uh, for your one creature. Again, this is an artifact deck, so this is the one where you're like, okay, I'm going to slide these three equipment out of this one creature and attack with it three mm -hmm. times. Yeah. That's a good way to just knock somebody out out of nowhere, too. Not to mention, you can untap a Goblin Welder or an Engineer. You can get two oh, things back with interesting. it. So it does have a little bit of that. A and little utility. Yeah. You're kind of, I think, dreaming to play this on a turn where you pay seven man to do this twice. Yeah. Because you flash it back immediately, and then boom, boom, boom. Yep. <clears throat> All right. The last category we have are cards that I call sneakily great. Maybe not that sneaky because they are just very good. Uh, the first up are two of the artifact lands that came out in Mirrodin. They were reprinted in Commander as well. These lands are just awesome they That's are why they got banned in every 1v1 <laughs> format yeah. yeah so they're basically just artifact lands that i can add red or blue um and they, they should have them come to play tap or something or something yeah because they're just way broken yeah they're awesome these are artifact lands that sahili can target and these are artifact lands that count for the number of artifacts on your battlefield yep. these are artifact lands that urza can change great furnace into tapping for blue if you wanted to yep so it's they're just they just serve every single purpose you want it's almost like when you're playing a legacy or vintage cube or vintage cube and you draft a mox and it's like aha i don't need to play a land in this slot because this mox does the same thing it's like this kind of almost feels mox level power sometimes in a deck like this yeah just the fact that it's a land that has no real downside but counts as an artifact for you and has all your artifact synergies yep. yeah pretty crazy all right there's two more one is 
Ugin the Ineffable. This is the Ugin from War of the Spark. Six mana for a four loyalty Planeswalker. It says colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. If you've noticed, we've been naming a lot of colorless spells. You'll just be able to cast like a ton of the deck for free. Yeah. A lot of it's free and a lot of it goes down to like one mana or two mana, in which case with Dalekos, you can cast a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. the turn you play Ugin. Ugin also has some abilities, which are pretty great. So plus one, exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, you th- you put the exiled card into your hand. So you make a two. It's kind of like it feels like manifest, but it's not. So you make a two-two, yeah. and that two-two is tied to a card that you exile off the top of your library. And when that two-two dies, you draw that card. Yeah. But the next turn, you make another two-two and put another card aside, and that one's tied to that one. And so you're like, anytime you board wipe, I'm gonna get five cards after a while. Like it's crazy. It doesn't even die if you yeah. exile it. If True. it gets blinked, it's just leaving the battlefield. You get that card. So it's really amazing. Uh, and then negative three ability, again, comes with four loyalty. You can destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. Yeah. Just a very versatile... Checks all the boxes. Yeah. Now, Dalakos can't cast him because he's color. He's, uh, he's not, not an artifact. artifact. Yeah. He's just a colorless dude. But you still play Ugin. You might be able to just go womp and dump out your hand. Yep. Uh, the last card is one that I've been playing in a lot of my decks, but yep. this one, just it just fits great in. It's Mirage Mirror. It's a three-mana artifact. You can pay two mana, and Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. So again, this is something that's sort of doing what Sahili's doing, but uh, it can target anything around the table as well. Yeah, it's great to turn it into a copy of some awesome thing your opponent has, but it's also great to like double up your synergies on certain things. So yeah, just, let's let's say you wanted to make another Bloodforge battle axe. Yeah, put turn two it into of them that. on, make four of them. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mirage Mirror, one of those cards that in some circles is underrated. I think a lot of people are have caught on to it now because I see it a lot. But just yeah, it's it's another one of those cards that it's kind of like Goad. Until you've seen it on the battlefield a few times, it's hard to understand like the, the amount of options that it gives you, and you can always find a good one. Yeah, and you can change it. And yeah. you have three players to choose from in a deck that is red and blue that doesn't have access to as many colors as maybe your four or five color brethren. It gives you a lot of options. Yeah, very, very cool. All right, so that is the deck. That's the deck. If uh, Game Nights has come out and you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. And if it hasn't, then you should get ready to watch this deck in action. Yes, or check out patreon.com slash command zone where you can watch the episode a day early oh, if we're still nice. at that point. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> watch this comes out in like March. Everyone's just talking about our choreo already. You know, like, man, I can't believe they just kept saying that Game Nights isn't out. We've seen it. We've It's been out for two months. It's been out for a That's long time. not going to happen. Just, um, right. To the listeners, uh, make sure you let us know what you thought about the Dalakos deck or Dalakos in general and let, let us know if you're going to opt to build it in a different fashion. Yeah, are there any really cool cards you'd think go with Dalakos that we didn't talk about or maybe that this direction of deck doesn't take advantage of? Yep. We always... And- you can find the deck list as well in the show notes below. Oh, yeah. Deck lists are always in the show notes in the more info box below each video. So anybody, for any of our content, game nights, anytime we talk about a specific deck on the podcast, we're going to link the deck and it's always going to be in the show notes. Yep. All right. If you want to get your hands on Dalakos or maybe a Mirage Mirror, that's a really good one. You should pick up Urza. If you don't mind not having any friends, you should go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order any of your magic products, singles, anything at all, you can be pre-ordering or maybe just regular ordering mm-hmm. Theros Beyond Death right now. If you want to get a booster box, a bundle, singles of any kind, you really should 
do that, but you, you should, should also just use the affiliate link when you do because it costs you nothing extra. You get the same cards you were going to get, but simultaneously as gravy, as value thrown in, you just get to support all of our content. So, you know, yeah. why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, if you're going to buy the cards anyway, taking the extra couple of seconds to type out slash command zone at the end of the affiliate link makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really does. All right, and of course, Ultra Pro products are available on Card Kingdom. We have these two amazing playmats here. Look at this. You got Elspeth back from the dead. She's good. Spoiler She's alert. all right. Uh, we have our good old friend Perforos here. I love the constellation stuff. It's really, yeah, really cool. It's great. I love yeah. geometric-based art and stuff, and the lines and all that stuff looks amazing. Um, again, magic artists are just constantly knocking it out of the park when it comes to this. So make sure you check out Ultra Pro products at your next time you're at your big box retailer or when you're at cardkingcom slash command zone. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something outside the world of magic. So, Jimmy, uh, for us, it was recently the holidays, like a week yes. and a half ago. Um, you were in Australia during the holidays. Yes. So, so there's I, a lot going on down there. <laughs> oh, boy, there's so much. Yeah. I flew into Australia in the middle of December, and we landed in Sydney, and you walk outside, and immediately it's just something's wrong. It smells weird. It smells burnt and gross. And you look up in the sky, and the sky is dark orange. It's the middle of the day. It's hot. And it's because of the insane amount of brush fires that are happening across the entire country. And we'll, I mean, we'll show you a picture of a map, basically, of where the fires are happening. And it's littered across the entire country. Uh, it's burning down an insane amount of acreage of, of forests. It is out of control. There are so many volunteer firefighters working on it as of today. When I was in uh, that part of the world, three people died that were all volunteer firefighters that were trying to fight it. Uh, this we have is, a bunch from California that flew over because they always fly over to help us with yeah, our fires. Yeah, and, and LA is something we're no stranger to these like sort of hill fires, brush fires, and how bad it can get really quickly because of the winds and all that stuff. And I'm sure you've yeah. seen this in the news too. It's, you can see the pictures of like people at the beach and it looks like it's a foggy day. Like, it's that thick. Yeah, and it's, and like it's red. And they're not, like, right next to the fire. Like, they're miles and miles away. Um, and I think Americans specifically, and I don't know about the rest of the world, don't understand how big of a country Australia is. It's a yeah. huge, huge country. And it, when you look at that map, like, so much of it's on fire. Yeah, it's really... It's it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. The big thing is that there has not been a lot of support from the prime minister, the PM of the country, uh, and as well as, you know, there are a lot of volunteer firefighters out there. And so you've probably seen a lot of celebrities tweeting about this as well, like Liam Hemsworth and his brother Chris Hemsworth. They're both Australians. Uh, so this is something that you can also get involved in and something that you can contribute to or at least the very least raise awareness for. Uh, if you're someone that cares about nature, the koala population is extremely in extreme amounts of danger because of this. Uh, if you're someone that cares about air quality, even down in New Zealand, we were there and the fire smoke had spread across the ocean and was making it really hazardous to be outside. The health and safety of the people in Australia is at risk and they need your help. So we'll include some links in the links uh, below in the more info box below about the different chair. I think there's a few uh, really a bunch, yeah. reputable ones that are helping out this this sort of fight towards the fires. And, that, you know, a dollar goes a long way. It's something that I think they need a lot of help with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I read recently that the estimation as far as animals killed so far in the oh fire is almost half a billion. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's an insane, oh, insane. level. Like, it's crazy. So... If you have any means at all possible, definitely helping out uh, all our friends down in Australia would be great. 
Yep. And I'm sure, I mean, if you're also like someone from the Midwest or even from like the Northeast of America or even parts of the world, you've been through an earthquake or a typhoon or a hurricane, you know how bad things can get when the environment just turns against you. So they need your help. Uh, we'll have links in the links below about ways you can help. All right. Hopefully everybody will check that out and help out. Our editing graphics and logistics team is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, and uh, we got a newcomer. That's right. Lady Danger. And we got another newcomer. That's right. Who probably cut this episode. It's uh, Manson Leung. Leung? Leung. Kind of just say it fast. Sounds right. Sorry, Manson, if we messed that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is our team right now. Thank you, guys, for uh, being a part of... Oh, that's right. <laughs> For being a part of this episode. We started out a little rocky and we're going to end a little rocky, I yeah, think. Indeed, but that's okay. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but a big special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer as well for the living car, the animations. You can find them floating behind us here on set as we are transported to a different plane every single time. They also start and end our show at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast on the video versions. You can find Jeffrey online at Living Cards MTG. So thank you all for watching and listening. Hope you get to brew some cool decks with Theros Beyond Death coming up very soon. Yeah, we'll probably be doing a deck tech of the deck that I played on game nights, which is Uro. Spicy one. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that uh, soon. Maybe maybe next time. Maybe the time after that. I'm not sure. <laughs> Who knows? Not everything is planned around here, okay? Yeah, it's a new year. Why don't we want to like... Get our ducks Be in organized. Row. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.